My name's Dave. I am one of the youth pastors here. I oversee the junior high ministry at Calvary. This is Trev, one of the pastors, among many other things that he does. He oversees the men's ministry. I have three children, three girls. They are 10, 8, and 6. And so I am going to be mostly thinking about and talking about young kids. Trevor has grown kids, college age and high school age. He will be mostly talking about you know, technology as it relates to a little bit older kids. So real quick, uh, how many of you guys have kids under the age of 12? 12 and under, all right. And how many of you guys teenagers? All right, awesome, great. I wanted to start by looking at uh, a just sort of basic principle that the Scripture gives us about what we should give our time and our attention to. And it's going to be from Philippians 4.8. You shouldn't need to turn there, uh, but real quick, I went on a couple different websites to try and find how much time the average child in the United States is uh, giving their time and attention to screens. All kinds of screens, phones, TVs, whatever else. And the info that I came up, to, I came up with was uh, that 11 to 14-year-olds, which is my demographic that I serve in junior high, in the United States are averaging nine hours of screen time a day, which I hope we could all here in this room agree is problematic. person who creates content online for different social media is called an influencer. To have nine hours of giving your time and attention is giving your time and attention to someone who is influencing you. So we as parents have to be really diligent about what we're encouraging our kids to give their time and attention to and Philippians 4.8 gives us a really simple rubric. It gives us a really simple kind of ground level here. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, if there is any good report, any of virtue, anything worthy of praise, meditate on these things. When I have a sixth grader come up to me and ask me if it's okay for them to watch a certain show or play a certain video game, I, I generally don't go and research it and come back to them and talk about the pros and cons. I generally say, well, let's look at Philippians 4.8. Is it something admirable? Is it something virtuous? Is it something noble? Is it something praiseworthy? Is it something that's worthy of our time and attention? If I look at the general junior high kids that I serve with, and even, even if I look at my own kids, when they come and they let me know the things that they want to give their time and attention to, they're basically saying, can I please meditate on mild, uh, in, infrequent alcohol, tobacco, and drug use, frequent and intense mature suggestive themes, infrequent mild realistic violence, infrequent mild sexual content and nudity, infrequent mild profanity or crude humour, infrequent mild cartoon or fantasy violence, infrequent mild horror or fear themes. Now, obviously, they don't use those words, right? No child comes up and says that, but they do come up and say, especially those kids that I serve in junior high, can I watch Twitch? Or can I go on Reddit? or it's okay, it's just Discord, or it's just TikTok, everybody watches it. 
And that list that I gave are the things that these social media apps and companies say about themselves, right? This isn't me making this up about them. This is what they say that their product is. And to find that, you don't have to go on some secret government website or hack the TikTok database or anything. You just go on the app store and you just scroll down and there it is right there. So they're saying this is what our product is. It has an age recommendation of 12 plus, which I think is a bit ridiculous, but uh, that's what they're saying their product is. Okay? So there's a lot of weasel words in here. I call them weasel words. We can take all of those out and we can then just see and understand exactly what we in our hearts are drawn to and what our kids and what our teenagers are drawn to. We need to be careful and responsible and aware of the things that we're giving our time and attention to. And I just wanted to start by saying that we all know that we ourselves are drawn to all kinds of different temptations and different things. We ourselves are drawn to wanting to give our time and our attention to all kinds of things. And our kids are double, triple, quadruple more than that drawn to those things. So we as parents, we need to be the ones who are there helping them make good decisions about what they give their time and their attention to. We need to help them make informed decisions about all kinds of things in their life, what they eat. If my six-year-old got to choose what she ate, she would only eat macaroni and cheese every meal. And that's not a joke. She wouldn't eat a vegetable ever. Uh, so I have to help her make informed decisions about what she eats. I have, to make her, I have to help her make informed decisions about what TV shows she watches and about what movies she watches. And I have to help my kids make informed decisions about what they give their attention to in all these other areas, including social media and different online platforms. It sort of matches up almost one-to-one. It's almost scary to me. That the things the Lord says we should be giving our time to and the things that we are drawn to, whatever is true, things that warp our perception, whatever is pure, sexual content, and the list goes on. So our responsibility when our kids come to us and ask us about whether they can engage or give their time and attention to certain things is we have to do two things. We have to protect and disciple. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that I want to talk about this morning. Is one, we put barriers around our kids for their protection. We put locks on our doors. When my kids take the dog for a walk, I go with them because I'm not in as nice a neighborhood. So I walk with them to be there to protect them. When we drive, I drive the speed limit. I make them wear a seatbelt. We protect our kids. But there are times when we're not able to protect them perfectly. In fact, when we're being realistic, we all know that we we can't protect our kids perfectly. That there are going to be times when they are outside of our sphere of influence. So when they're in those places and in those situations, in those times, we need to have discipled them to be able to react 
and make choices based on the things that we have encouraged them in already. So, for example, uh, my kids aren't allowed to watch YouTube unless I very specifically go on and choose a specific video, which is very rare. My family, I'm from Australia, my family is in Australia, and for Christmas we were there with my family, and uh, my brother has much less restrictions about what his kids watch, and so my nephew, who's uh, around one of my daughter's ages, he would get up in the morning and he would go into their one room with the TV and he would just put YouTube on and he would just let it play. And it would just be video after video on autoplay, all kinds of just crazy stuff. Now, I didn't feel like it was my place. I encouraged him, hey, I don't know that you should want to... No, it's fine, my dad says it's okay. So it's not my place to tell my nephew what he can and can't watch, but it's my place to protect and disciple my daughter. So my kids got up and they start walking up the stairs. I'm like, okay, now I've got to step in here. So I'm following them and my daughter gets to the top of the stairs and she sees what my nephew's watching and she goes, oh, we're not allowed to watch this. Can we put something else on? I was like, that's my girl. (laughs) Yes. Right? I was like, of all of the things I've done badly, I've scored one point, right? Like we did one. We got one. She, we had talked through YouTube and why we didn't think it was appropriate for them and why we didn't think it was good for them to be giving their attention to who knows who's producing these things and what kind of content is on it. And when she got upstairs, it wasn't even a thought to her. She said, oh, this isn't something we can watch. Can we watch something else? And my nephew was like, sure. And he changed it on to, you know, whatever Disney princess movie they watched. We have to disciple our kids... So that when they're on the bus and the person who's there sitting next to them says, hey, look at this, they can say, that makes me uncomfortable. We have to disciple our kids so that when they're around at a friend's house and the friend says, oh, mom says we can watch this movie, they can say, "Ah, I don't know that I want to watch that movie. Could we watch something else or could we go do something else? We need to have walked with them through these different things so that when we're not there directly imposing our influence on them, they can walk through those different things. Protect and disciple. We put locks on our doors, but we also role play with our kids. If a car pulls up and someone winds down the window and says, would you like some candy, how are you going to respond to that? If you're looking at a screen and an image comes up that you find unsettling or unnerving, how are you going to respond to that? We role-play that out with our kids. A really good recommendation for you guys would be a book that's in our bookstore called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. Uh, It's really good for younger kids. There's an even younger age one for toddlers. I, I recommend that to you to start having those conversations. When you see something, a billboard on 95, Rihanna at halftime on the Super Bowl... How are you going to respond to what that is? First step, you come and talk to us about it. You share with us about it. We have an open door for you to talk. So that was my biggest thing that I want to talk about. I do have a few quick, and I'm kind of blitzed through them, so Trev has enough time to share as well here, some quick do's and don'ts of little kids and technology. Obviously, with little kids, we're making them do what we say. They're going to want to ask to do something, but we are the parent 
And so we put rules in place, we put protections in place, and we say this is, this is how it's going to be. So I want to encourage you guys with a few different ideas. Uh, real quick, model healthy screen behavior for your kids. This one to me is a really big one. It's something that I had to, was convicted about. My kids watching something, and I told them to turn it off, and Naomi walked over and she said, well, why do you get to be on your iPad? And I was like, you're right. Turn it off. This is now family time. We, don't, we put our phones downstairs at nighttime. I, I leave my phone in the living room. I, you know, we, we make sure our phones don't come to the dining table with us. We are modeling for our little kids now good screen behavior so that as they grow older, we can say, this is what we have always done. We're asking you to participate in what we already do. Talk regularly with your kids about the way you use your device and what you're doing. I think this is actually a really great, simple idea. Uh, narrate what you're doing. If you're talking with your kids, so one of my daughters says, what's for dinner? And I pull my phone out. I'll say, you know what? I don't know what's for dinner. I'm going to text mom and I'm going to ask. So it doesn't feel to them like I'm taking my attention away from them. I'm letting them know this is a tool that I'm using for a specific purpose to find an answer. Or, you know, I don't know how to get there. I'm going to look it up on Google Maps. And I pull it out and I go through. Just great for us, actually, even as we engage with people. We're having a conversation with someone. Someone pulls their phone out and looks, right? If they had just said, oh, I've, sorry, I've been waiting for a text. It's really important. You know, you realize you're not being just completely ignored and that separation is there. You're understanding what it's being used for and why. Set up rules and boundaries for devices and entertainment before you give them out. Uh, I'm, I'm working with my daughter now about using knives. My daughter's 10. I'd like to cook. She wants to help cook. So I've been teaching her how to cut vegetables and we're working up to using the big knife. But we didn't start by me just giving her the big knife and saying, cut a potato. I started with the little knife. And I cut the potato in half so that it was flat and it was face down on the cutting board so that it wouldn't roll around the first time that she used it. And I didn't say, go in the kitchen by yourself and cut the potato. I was there right next to her with her. All right, no, tuck your fingers away. Hold on before you cut. Make sure your fingers are out of the way. So I educated her on how to do it and then I helped her to do it and then as she showed me that she could use the knife I let her have more and more responsibility and freedom with it same thing with technology start early setting up boundaries and also educating through as they go don't just give them something unrestricted so for example we all have Amazon Prime because we love free two-day shipping uh, I don't give my daughter the remote to Amazon Prime and go, you know, here, six-year-old, watch whatever you like. I let them know. If you want to watch something, you have to ask me first. And I put a password on it so that she can't just go on and find any whatever show has just come out. But no, if she asks for something, I can look at it first and I can be there to walk with her through it. Limit screen use. Uh, this is not my family's screen restrictions. This is what I found on some pediatric websites. Uh, so this was a suggestion. Uh, under two years old, zero screen time. Two to five years old, no more than one hour a day co-viewing with a parent. Uh, five to 17 year olds, more, no more than two hours a day, not including um, research or schoolwork. Uh, my family in some ways is stricter than this and in other ways is more lenient than this. 
Uh, everyone will find their own balance for their family and what works. Um, there were times when our kids were under the age of two where we survived because of Praise Baby. And I was like, I just need to put Praise Baby on because you will be quiet, right? Like, I understand that. Uh, our basic system is Monday to Friday for our girls, and again, our kids are young. Uh, Monday to Friday, we have no screen time uh, during school days. So they come home from school. We don't do screen time in the morning. You're getting ready for school. You're making your breakfast. You're putting your, you've got to brush your hair, do all those things. Uh, we get home from school. We walk the dog as a family. We come inside. They do their homework. I make dinner. After dinner, we finish our homework, or if it's done, Lydia's practicing her flute. Naomi is reading. They're doing other things that they need to do. Uh, and then we have some family time after that. It might be a board game. It might be I'm helping Naomi read or whatever. On Friday nights, we will do a family movie night, uh, which, you know, everyone gets to choose a movie as long as we don't watch Moana five times in a row. I'm good. Uh, fill the void. Replace screen time with other interactive social activities. Uh, play board games with your kids. Give them that time rather than just handing them over. Uh, I will say... Oh, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, teach your kids about the permanence of digital media. Uh, once something is out in the world, it's out there forever. So I recommend... I uh, was reading about this called The Grandma Rule. I really liked it. Would you post something if your grandma saw it and was disappointed in you? Isn't that a great rule? Before I put something out into the world, would my grandma be upset with me if she read this? I just, like, that's great. Talk to your child about loving their neighbour online. Uh, encourage looking for information from other sources rather than just going straight to Google. Hey, do we have a book about this? Can we go to the library and look for something? like? Do we know someone who we could ask about that? And use Google searches as a secondary option rather than the first thing we always go to. Uh, and engage the content that your children are watching. Be aware of what they're watching so that you can talk with them about the morals and messages that those things contain. Um, real quick, I'm going to blitz through these so Trev has time. Don't allow TVs and video games in the bedroom. Don't let kids take devices into the bedroom. We do all things in the light. We do all things with accountability. Keep computers and TVs and everything in public areas. That's where everyone is, is accountable. Uh, don't have the TV on in the background. Don't have it just playing while other things are going on. Have it on for a specific reason and then turn it off. Uh, don't allow any screen time during family meals. That's a really important one for us. Um, don't allow your child to be involved in any media that doesn't have parental controls set up. It's really important for little kids. It's very easy to, for them to navigate to areas that you wouldn't want them to, even accidentally. Uh, all of the pediatric websites I went to said we're recommending that you don't have uh, screen time one to two hours before bed. Actually, the blue light from the screens really uh, interrupts sleep patterns. And sleep is really, really important for young people. So that's, again, for us, what we do is we'll finish uh, dinner. We'll, if it's Friday, we'll watch our movie, and then we'll turn it off. We'll get together in the living room. Every night before bed, I open up the Bible. We read through a, po a portion of Scripture. We talk about it. We pray with all the girls. We make them pray, and then we send them off to bed. So they've had a break between any screen time they've had and then when they go to bed. Um, 
don't use screen time as a way to calm your child down uh, or to pacify them uh, with media. It's really important for kids to learn patience. And being in line at the grocery store for five minutes and having to wait for that five minutes is a really valuable life skill. And learning how to actually just be bored is actually good for us. So I encourage you, don't, no, try not to do that. And then uh, Trevor's going to talk about this, but my big recommendation is please don't give kids phones until they're much older. And travel engage in that now. Thanks, guys. All right, good to see you guys. Thanks for coming. Um, I would just like to say two things off the off the top. So the first one is, um, I am far from perfect. Um, I've gotten towards the end of my uh, this part of my parenting season, um, but I'm always growing. Something that Pastor Joe said this morning uh, hit me and I thought about. And then the packet that we gave out to you guys about the phones, there was something there yesterday uh, that stuck out to me, and they were using the example of um, if kids are asking kids to text them something that's inappropriate, uh, your kid should always be able to say, I can't do that. My parents are basically all over my phone. And it's like a defense for them. And I thought, that's genius. Like, that's great. So I'm not going to go into the nuts and bolts of phones um, specifically because those three handouts are robust. They're great. So um, the best thing you can do for your kids, the most powerful thing, is what you're doing right now. You're awake. You're sober. You're fighting the good fight. Uh, and it's going to be powerful. So um, kudos to you for being here. Uh, I think it's awesome. I'm going to start out by reading... Psalm 127, um, just actually just look at verse 4 and 5 here. I put it on the back of this little handout I gave to you guys um, under the recommendations. So the, the author here says, Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. And he gives the idea, the mental picture here, of somebody who's going to go out and shoot out arrows. And in this case seems to indicate that you, the idea of raising kids is that you're obviously eventually going to let them go. And he's saying it's like drawing back an arrow and letting it fly. Uh, and I've heard Pastor Joe say many times, use the example, and I heard him say it when my kids were toddlers, and now I hear him say it now, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that, way, that makes way more sense now. The idea is when you pull that arrow back to fire it, the greatest tension is right before you let go. Uh, and I have seen that absolutely for sure uh, in my life. It is difficult. It's a total blessing. It's totally worth it, but it is hard. Uh, the season of life, so I have a 20-year-old, a 19-year-old, and a 16-year-old. Uh, I would not write a book on this, but I'm happy to at least get up and kind of share how I've stumbled and bumbled and hacked my way through it. Um, and if I can help you guys at all, um, I'm happy to do that. So I did put some recommendations down here. If you guys need specific things that I found helpful, they're there. I'll mention one or two as I go through. But on the other side, just some thoughts here. Uh, and let me just start with this. So um, I moved out when I was, I had just turned 18 and I was gone. Uh, I was in college and then I never moved back home. So 
what I realized as my kids got older is I need to think through this with sort of that idea in mind, that, um, that if they choose to stay at home, that's fine, but I need to prepare them. So um, again, I heard Pastor Joe say something years ago, the motivations of why we obey. And the first one was because we have to. The second one is because we need to. And the third one is because we want to. And he overlaid that with ages of kids. So when you have little kids, they just have to do what you say because you're the parent and they don't really have any choices. As they get older, they need to obey. And they hopefully, by that time, their conscience is awake and their reasoning is awake. Hopefully they're saved and they can begin to... um, consider things, and they realize, okay, in order for this to happen, I need to do this, right? So that's the idea of need to obey. But where we're all trying to get to is that our kids will become adults where they want to do the things that we're asking them to do because they realize the wisdom in it. And even as Christians, right, there's some Christians that feel like they just have to obey because God's mean. There's other Christians that feel like they need to obey or else God's not going to bless them. And then there's mature believers who realize, no, this is wise. I want to do this. This is healthy. So um, in parenting, that's sort of the way I've looked at it. So um, as they got older, I kind of got into that need to phase. And God creates us with a free will. Uh, We have the ability to make choices. And it's important to teach the kids self-control. You have the ability to control yourself and your decisions. So Uh, I wanted them to learn that under my roof with technology before I let them go out. So when they were about sixth grade, I got them iPods that did not have a browser. Or uh, when my youngest one got old enough, it had a browser, but it was disabled. Um, So I filled it with Adventures in Odyssey and Jonathan Park and Duck Dynasty audiobooks and just all kinds of stuff that they could fill their minds with have their own little thing, uh, but it was always reinforcing the same things I was telling them. Um, As they got older, they started to play middle school sports. They would go to practice over at Summerton. Then they'd be on the bus going places. I went to Walmart and bought them a track phone, which is just a prepaid cell phone that doesn't have any um, browser on it, or you can disable it relatively easy. Um, And that way, so that when they were on their way back, they could text me, Say, hey, we won our game. We'll be back at Calvary in a half an hour. Or, hey, I'm done with practice. Come pick me up. Or something like that. Um, I, my wife liked the idea of them having the ability to communicate if something, you know, if they got stuck somewhere, just something was going wrong. So we made that decision. And then at about 16, um, we would give them phones. And what I put down on here is that I'm not scared of technology. I'm not scared of technology, I am scared of social media. So I wanted them to learn to navigate technology. I hope they never learn to navigate social media. For all I care, I hope they never get on it. Uh, I'm not on it personally. So, but I wanted them to learn that. So I, we tied it to certain things though. You should be able to have good grades, contribute around the house, and have a device. So that's the need to. If you want your phone, your grades need to be as good as they were before you got your phone, or else I'm going to know I'm actually harming you by doing this. And I've, I told my son at one point, I've, for every day of your life, I can't think of one time I've ever knowingly done something that I knew was going to harm you. 
So every decision I've ever made, I've never purposely done something that I knew was going to cause you harm. So, because sometimes I did things that made him feel like I didn't uh, care about him or love him, and I had to correct that. So, um, but ultimately, what I was trying to do is basically turn the rules of the house into convictions that they hold. And I'm still in the middle of that, but that's, that's the fight I'm fighting. Turning basic rules into convictions that they hold, that they will then obey. Because I realized uh, in the world today, I'm never going to be able to lock down or control every interaction they have online. They're going to see things that I don't want them to see. They're probably going to watch things I would rather have them not watch. Uh, I can't control that, but I can hopefully give them convictions and reasoning about why um, they shouldn't do that. And I can live my life in a way so that if they were to ever get knee-deep in any of that stuff, at least they wouldn't be able to say, my dad, I saw my dad doing that, and that's how I got into that. So, um, it's, so in that sense, it's, it's nice when the kids get older because you can start having those adult-type conversations with them. You know they can reason with you. They can hang with that kind of stuff, um, which is very helpful. So it was, always, it was also helpful for the older two. I could sit down and say, you have a younger sister. I would never do something like that in front of you, so I don't want you to ever do something like that in front of your younger sister. Not that they were doing something specific, but why I'm putting these rules in place. Uh, and they were able to understand that. So, um, so I was looking to help them um, learn self-control. So within technology and entertainment, I thought there was three areas kids could really benefit from learning. Number one was self-control. You have the ability to control yourself. You have a flesh and you have a spirit. You make choices. You're made in God's image. That's important for them. Uh, the second thing was that to live life in the light, to not hide things, to have things open and to not be trying to hide something. That you can learn through technology and through entertainment. And then finally, uh, the ability to live with accountability and why that's important, why grow, the purpose of growing up is not so that you then have your own stuff that you can then totally lock down and nobody can see what you're doing. Uh, so my kids always had the passcode to my phone. I never really called it my phone. Um, it was the phone. Uh, my wife had her phone. But uh, if I was driving the car, and still today, if I'm driving and I hear my phone, like a text going off, I'll say to one of my kids, grab my phone, tell me what the text is. Right? And I had to tell them when they started driving, there's no way it's physically impossible to be driving a 4,000-pound car at 40 miles an hour and look down and still operate it in a safe manner. It's just physically impossible. So obviously you have to wrestle through because we're all tempted at some point to like look down or to do that. So it is easier when your kids are in the car and you know they're going to be driving soon. You're like, I cannot do this. I need to make sure uh, I model this well. So, But I was never afraid for them to pick up my phone. I was never afraid for them to use it, um, to look through it. I tried to never, if they were walking into the room, like close a browser real quick or something, because it drives me crazy when I see kids doing that, because my, my flesh just assumes they're doing something wrong. Uh, so I don't want to plant that image in their mind. Um, so uh, hopefully we can model things, as Dave was saying, in front of our kids. We can use, that's going to be the most powerful thing. 
Um, but there's lots of things that they can learn that I think are very helpful. So self-control, walking in the light, uh, accountability, talking about um, that you don't have to have uh, your own things, right? You can live. Uh, so my wife has always had, uh, our phones have always been open. We've always, um, we're not on social media, so don't have to worry about that. But just that idea. Um, and then number eight, I just wanted to talk about this for a second, being proactive. Uh, this is where if you're a dad, you really set the tone in your home. Um, and especially when it comes to nights where everybody's together. Um, so it's important that you, the, the times I've made mistakes, it's usually because I'm tired, I'm bored, or something's going on, and I'm just not on my game as a dad. Uh, there have been times where I've had to apologize to my kids, and I've had to turn something off halfway through and just been like, sorry, guys, that was not cool, and I shouldn't have, shouldn't have turned that on. I just didn't know, right, that it was going to go south. Uh, that's important for them to realize that when you do start to watch something and it's just weirder or worse than you think, turn it off and repent. Go the other way. Apologize to them. Uh, let them see that. Let them see humility. The opposite would be pride, where you just watch something and fill their minds with something because you're too prideful to admit you did something wrong. Um, but each one of my kids are different. They're very unique in their likes and dislikes. So I try to interact with them and things like that with entertainment. So if I'm going through, I'll think of things that I want to watch with them. What I'll try to do, so now that they're older, I do enjoy um, YouTube recently. Forever, I was like, why do people do this? Now I totally get it. Uh, it can suck you down a hole for sure if you're not careful. Um, but like yesterday, I'm watching something with my daughter because she loves to cook. So we're watching something. The idea is not to sit there and watch all these cooking videos and not cook something, though. Like the idea would be to watch something and then actually go do it. So, but that's why they need a dad, because dads will be like, okay, it's all right to watch something, but now let's go actually do it. So a proactive parent is going to be very helpful in those sorts of things. The entertainment side is not the end-all, be-all. Um, it's hopefully leading to something. Um, we're going to get to questions here, so let me leave time for that. Let me just say, um, so this last one, number 11, is now with my older two, I've shifted. Um, one of them decided to stay home and to live at home, which I'm super thankful for. One of them is away at college. Um, so now uh, I had this conversation with them that if they begin to get into trouble with something or get caught or stuck in something, um, I want them to come and tell me, and I'm no longer going to discipline them, but I don't want something to fester because they, they won't come tell me. So they're older now. They could easily be out on their own if they wanted to. Uh, I still have some interaction with them. So um, I've told them uh, now we're in a new season. So now I want you to obviously take the things I've taught you, and I, nothing has changed as far as that goes. Uh, you're old enough now. You're both young adults. But if you begin to get stuck in something, please come and let me help you, and the earlier the better. Um, and I had the conversation with them about things that are difficult that really get entrenched in there and can be hard to weed out. So 
Um, so I've entered into a new phase. So I feel like I'm always doing that. Um, Pastor Joe says you're always a rookie. Now I totally understand why he says that. Um, so that's that. So when they get into the needful need to obey, use the things that they enjoy to help them learn self-control, to learn that they can do it, they can control themselves. God created them with a free will. But then ultimately we're trying to give them those convictions that will allow them to, to live as adults with grace but disciplined. 